2: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
3: Well, as I've said many times before, sports, yes, they are the greatest reality show ever invented. You can script everything but the outcome. And that's why this time of year continues to build drama and be so much fun. And in our complex world, as uh, as I've also said many times, there are objective truths and there are also personal feelings. Our job tonight and every night is to make sure you do not confuse the two. And on that note, I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. And first, I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season as we now begin our countdown to the new year. Now, tonight, we'll devote a lot of time to analyzing some of the teams on the bubble in the NFL and we'll analyze the playoff font. Is it time to panic for some of these teams? Is it crunch time? Where do they stand? We're going to take a fairly deep dive on this tonight. Uh, After Brian Finley's update, we'll look back and some uh, other famous coaches who had the same type of demeanor as Urban Meyer, but uh, they managed to win. So, you know, Urban wasn't fired not because he lost the locker room. It's because he lost. Respectfully, I debunk the theory that he was fired because he lost the locker room. I'll I'll get into that more. And by the way, finally, at the end of the show, a couple of games, the pros have already fired on. They wasted no time firing on earlier in the week as we head into what appears to be a very turbulent Week 16. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. This is Straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Justin Jefferson, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. First of all, a couple things to get off my chest. I, uh, I was a fan today. There were two NFL games. Arizona was home. And uh, they're facing the visiting Indianapolis Colts, who are pretty much missing their offensive line on their best defensive player. Arizona, a light favorite at home, minus one and a half. Meanwhile, Green Bay laying seven and a half against, you know, Dial Browns team. You just never really know what you're going to get with them on paper, an excellent roster. But alas, they're back in familiar territory. They're under 500. It's a shame because I really think a lot of folks, not just Cleveland fans, people had high hopes of this might be a year they break through. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. But the moral of the story, why do I bring that up? I've never been so happy that I didn't bet either of these games. Uh, Indianapolis gives a massive effort. You know, it seems like a million miles ago. They start, a million years ago, they they started out the season 0-3. Now they're 9-3 and in their last 12, and they look like they mean business. Uh, I don't know how Arizona gives an effort like that this late in the season. That was dreadful. They were sloppy. 11 penalties. They give up a safety. They miss two field goals, an extra point. They leave seven points on the board. They lose by six. You know what? You define the moment, or the moment defines you. And all of a sudden, that makes that Rams-Minnesota game tomorrow not a playoff game, but a playoff implication game because the Rams still have designs on hoping to get at least one home playoff game. Because the notion that Matt Stafford could go on the road and win three straight to get to the Super Bowl, see, Brady did that last year. The irony is the game was in Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay had to win three road games to earn the right to have a home Super Bowl game. Identical situation for the Rams this year. I'm sure Stan Kroenke and the Rams Nation would like nothing better than to see the game being played at SoFi Field. And if the Rams take care of business tomorrow in Minnesota, They'll be in first place uh, in the NFC West. Uh, you know, they, they've still got work to do. They've got to take care of the 49ers and Baltimore. But one at a time, as the old cliche is. Uh, but boy, would this be so on brand for Stafford to go in and lose tomorrow uh, when you've got a playoff implication game? I'm not predicting it. Go in and win tomorrow, Matt. I'll tip my cap to you. That's why they brought you in. Same reason they brought Brady into Tampa Bay. You are supposed to be the missing link. To get them back to the Super Bowl and win at this time, this year. All right. Long and short of it is, uh, the Rams are a favorite. We're gonna we'll cover that game in about an hour, a little bit more depth. But there were a lot of interesting takeaways, uh, you know, that, that led to this week, and so we find ourselves with a handful of what I call sneaky contenders. The question is, is it panic time or is it crunch time? Because the mighty, the, the teams who were, I say mighty in quotes. They faltered, and I just mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. They started 7-0. and I mean, in their first seven games, they were averaging 32 points a game. Their point differential was plus 111. In their last eight games, were 3-5. and five. Their point differential is minus 23. They They're only averaging 22 points a game before tonight. Tonight, they mustered 13. Uh, they're on the side of a milk cart now. It's not funny. So, but, but they're not the only ones. Week 15 of the NFL regular season proved to be very unkind to many of the leading contenders in both conferences. In the same week, this last week, it seems like ancient history now, four of the AFC's top teams, New England, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Los Angeles. This is last week. Now, week 15, all suffered losses while the NFC's, I just mentioned the Cardinals, they lost to Detroit and Tampa Bay. They were upset as well. Now, Tennessee has since... Uh, Excellent win home Thursday night. It seems like, you know, it's in their DNA. They were down 10 nothing, They got physical. They beat the 49ers. But prior to that, you know, when you look at some of these defeats, they carry implications because now New England currently, they've lost the top spot in the AFC, and the Patriots and Titans both trailed, guess what, the Kansas City Chiefs back in familiar territory. Now the Chargers remain in position for a wild card bid at number six, But Baltimore, just like that, went from leading the AFC North and holding one of the top four spots in the conference to falling out of the playoff seating. They've slid down to eighth, and tomorrow they get Cincinnati and they get to start Josh Johnson. Over the NFC, I just mentioned the Cardinals. They've now dropped all the way to fourth after spending weeks battling with Green Bay for the top spot in the conference. And meanwhile, Tampa now trails the Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. So what does it all mean, Pee-wee? Well... I'll tell you in three weeks because for some of these teams it's a serious red flag. For others, it's merely an aberration. So let's take a a pulse of some of these teams that I just mentioned and talk about whether you know this is just part of their part of their road to the promised land, or, or uh, just an aberration, or are they you know are they are they hobbled, right? Are they wobbly now? Are they are they, are they wobbly front runners? So, we talked about the, the Colts handing the Pats a 27-17 loss last week at Lucas Oil Stadium. That not only snapped New England's seven-game win streak, but now the Pats, their second in the AFC, they saw their lead over Buffalo shrink to one game. Oh, look out! Buffalo plays New England later on today. They're gonna, uh, you know, they're gonna uh, about you know 12 hours here. Here's the problem. What's the level of concern in New England? I'd say it's moderate now because losing the top seed would mean no opening round bye week and a much more challenging path to the Super Bowl. So to all those people who started a pince of New England in the Super Bowl, you might want to pump the brakes on that. The Patriots, technically, they remain in the driver's seat of their division because they get the bills at home today, later today. But the Colts expose the limitations that New England faces when they have to really rely completely on the arm of Mac Jones. Now I think Matt can do it, but Bill Belichick I'm not sure is going to let him do it, but there's there's a reason rookie quarterbacks have never been to a super Bowl i would i would i my the glass is half full with this guy very much because he's played well this year because he's overseen the operation. He hasn't had to put the team on his back. but look how the other rookie quarterbacks have done, right Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Trey Lance, is Trey Lance still in the league? Okay, you get my point. Mac Jones has done done very well. But tomorrow, they've got to take care of Buffalo. A loss to the Bills would knock the Patriots out of the divisional lead because Buffalo would hold the tiebreaker on record within the AFC East. That is a de facto playoff game. All right. Another team, the Tennessee Titans. Well. In the, you know this, Since we talked last week, they've won two games, and, and frankly, I think they look good doing it. Did they have their best stuff Thursday night against the 49ers? No, but as the great Nolan Ryan once said, the mark of a great team is when you can beat somebody and you don't have your best stuff. They came back, they did what they needed to do, gritty, gutty win against the 49ers, and that's following up on, a, on an impressive win uh, the week before. So they're not the same without Derrick Henry, Tennessee, but... Brian Tannehill, he can't have the ball in his hands all the time because the more he has the ball in his hands, the more there's a chance for a gaffe. But since Henry's foot injury week eight, the Titans, somehow it's affected their defense too because they're, they're minus 13 in the turnover battle. And points are hard to come by in Tennessee. They don't score more than 20 points a lot of the time. So they you know control their fate, but I will tell you that their margin of error is thin. All right, Chargers, level of concern, low, I would say. They're just an up-and-down team. They caught the Chiefs at the right time early this year, then caught them at a bad time this past week, and Patrick Mahomes and company beat the Chiefs in overtime. The Chiefs get to go to Houston. I think they're going to uh, mollywop, as Kevin Figures would say. I think they're going to mollywop Houston tomorrow. That game feels like it's got 34-10 to 10 written written all over it. Now, as far as the Chargers catching the Chiefs, uh, for the lead in the AFL West, that seems unlikely, but they don't have the worst closing schedule, right? Again, you've got at Houston, then they, 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 they come back home, the Chargers come back home against Denver, then they finish at Las Vegas. So you would believe that the Chargers should finish on an upswing. Do they have the potential to match up well with just about every team in the playoff field? Yes, they do. But mentally, I'm not so sure. Because mentally, I'm not sure they're quite there yet. I don't see sense of urgency in this team. I don't see, the you know, trust in this team. I don't see the DNA that it takes to win big games yet with them. Talent-wise, yes, but they got to prove it to me. Baltimore, you know what? They're, they've they got one foot on the grave on the other end of a banana peel. They are very much on borrowed time, and they have to beat a very good Cincinnati team tomorrow in Cincinnati with their third-string quarterback. You know, COVID-19 has not been... Friendly to them, and Lamar Jackson is hurt, and I said that's a that's a puzzle they can't solve without them. How many hits can this team sustain and still be okay? And really, they might have been on borrowed time earlier in the year. What they beat Detroit on that last second 86 yard field goal. You know, I'm being facetious, but they had a few nail biters in the beginning of the year, and it felt like they weren't. You, their record is what it's you know it says you are, but eventually you got to pay the piper if you're winning games in that fashion. And then they've had a couple situations where they've gone for uh, two points and it turned out to be their death knell. I think if Baltimore loses tomorrow, it's going to be very serious business. Their level of concern, I believe, is very high. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay, what happened? They ran into their Achilles' heel. Dennis Allen's defense at New Orleans last week, and they were shut out. Uh, But am I concerned about the Patriots? No. No. But, you know, without Leonard Fournette and without Chris Godwin, look, you want to have all your weapons and they don't. And one of the reasons the Patriots were so good last year is because they managed to stay healthy at the end of the year. And one of the very reasons why they might run into a situation this year is because it, it you know, could be the very undoing this year and the fact that they aren't healthy now The Saints, what they did to the Bucs, they made it so they'll have to wait a little longer to clinch the the NFC South, but the Bucs are going to win the NFC South, okay? They're banged up. They they don't have Chris Godwin the remainder of the season, but Brady's not going to let this team, you know, slide into oblivion. It's just not going to happen. They get back Antonio Brown this week. They get back safety Mike Edwards. uh, They both had three-game suspensions for using fake COVID-ID vaccination cards. And believe me, they need both those guys. The good news is the Bucks close out the season with two games, two games against these struggling Carolina Panthers and then a matchup with a team that's just what the doctor ordered, the New York Jets. Finally, the Arizona Cardinals, level of concern high. I think they're still going to sneak into the playoffs, but what should have been a routine rebound victory when the, when the Cardinals lost in the rematch to the Rams two weeks ago, they go to Detroit. They get trounced 30-12. to 12, They give up 138 yards on the ground to Craig Reynolds. And now they've lost, uh, like I said, they're 3-5 and five in their last eight. And the Cardinals continue to sink further behind the Packers. But not only that, they're now behind the Rams in the NFC West. And they, they likely have just pissed away their first round bye and a home field advantage. Now... Kirk Cliff Kingsbury said, you know, he was pretty vocal last week. He said he was, quote, pissed that his team got outcoached and outplayed by the Lions. Kyler Murray said he was not at all worried by his performance. Quote, he says, we're still telling four. We're still in first place. This is nowhere near where we were last year. We're not going to allow it to be. Well, then do it on the field. Don't tell me. Show me. You get on the field tonight, what a terrible effort. And why did Kyler Murray only carry the ball four times? He broke that one run. This offense is disjointed. I mean, they forgot how to score in the red zone. In the first seven games of the season, they were scoring 70% of the time in the red zone. They're way below that now, and it's costing them. The Cardinals need to be very concerned. Now, forget being dominant. They've fallen in an incredibly bad form. And they lost tonight to Indianapolis, and it doesn't get any easier. You get Dallas and the Seattle Seahawks, and yeah, I get the Seahawks are 5-9, f- and nine, but they're not going to be any picnic. That's going, to be diff- that's going to be difficult. Now, the, the only saving grace is they'll be scoreboard watching because the Rams, they have a tough finish. They've got to go to Minnesota tomorrow. Frankly, the Rams don't really match up that well against Minnesota. If Minnesota can't win that game at home tomorrow, that's a real indictment on them. Uh, but then the Rams also have to play Baltimore in Baltimore and they get San Francisco at home. So that's a division that is up for grabs. And it's not that nobody wants to win it, but nobody's seizing it I will if I could only watch one game tomorrow, it would be the Rams Minnesota game and if the Rams go in there and take care of business and Stafford has a big day, I think they'll serve notice uh that they are they do have designs on yes winning the division, yes getting at least one home playoff game, but you gotta do it on the field tomorrow coming up, we're gonna continue we're gonna go by the divisions and talk about who's really in already. Who's still in the hunt? We'll reiterate some of the things we talked about. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight of Vegas.
1: Straight of Vegas!
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Cavino and Rich here. And whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns.
1: Nutrafol.com, spelt N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code show That's Nutrafol.com, promo code show At Bed 365
2: we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: Tire ratings and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal.
0: What more could you ask for? That's tirerackcom sports. Tirerack.com, the way
3: tire buying should be. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the game show you always want, and I'm Bernie Fowler coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We continue on with our contenders versus pretenders, and I'm going to start with the AFC because when you look at the Chiefs, Pats, Titans, 99%, 98%, 97% respectively they are in the playoffs. Those are their probabilities based on FPI. Colts about 85%, Chargers 74%. Now the Bengals by virtue of them being in a weak division where no one wants to win 63%. So we've got about six teams that are really in the driver's seat which makes it a musical chairs for the remaining spot and this is not going to be easy. Um We start with Baltimore, and the Ravens are so decimated by injuries and COVID-19 losses that that's primarily the reason John Harbaugh felt compelled to go for two, not one, but two game-winning point plays in the past three weeks, rather than take his chances in overtime. And they lost both games, and now they're on a basically what you would call, for lack of a better term, playoff-crushing three-game losing streak. Now, the Ravens have a chance to turn it around against the Bengals, but right now, FPI has only given the Ravens a 57% chance to make the playoffs, and their division title odds are about 35%. You know, it's on your shoulders, Baltimore. You've got to do it with a third-string quarterback. Pittsburgh, the Steelers, well, they've kept themselves in the playoff race. Somehow they beat the Titans last week, but their level of difficulty is about to go up even more. They're a 10-point underdog against the Chiefs, the hottest team in football. It's not the kind of game the Steelers want. They're trying to stay within a reasonable distance of the race. Right now, FPI gives the Steelers an 18% chance to make it to the postseason. Here in Las Vegas, the Raiders, they've got basically a de facto playoff game later today against Denver. Right now, their playoff chances are 10%. Somehow, they kept their playoff hopes alive on a last play victory over the completely dilapidated Cleveland Browns. Again, the FPI gives them a 10% chance of getting into the postseason, but all the wins count the same, but if you watch the Raiders struggle to overcome a team of Browns backups last week, it just feels hard to to envision that they beat uh, Denver with Drew Locke. But look, they can do it. you got to play the game on the field, and then they've got the Colts and Chargers following that. The Raiders have to win all three of those games. No two, no two ways about it. Miami, Monday night, give some credit to the Dolphins simply for being in this conversation. They followed a 7-game losing streak with a 6-game winning streak. They've got another winnable game tomorrow uh, later today at New Orleans. And New Orleans will also start their third string quarterback Ian Book. Right now, their FPI percentage playoff chances are a minuscule 6%. But if they keep winning, hey. Come on Miami. Cleveland Browns. They're now 7 and 8. I'd like to thank the Cleveland Browns for participating. In the 2021 playoffs, and yeah, they they deserve the pass interference call, but if the game if you let the game get to that point where you're going to be concerned about one call, then you might your chances might not have been winning well, right? A- anyway, they lose 16 to 14 to the Raiders in the final play of Monday night, and they end uh, week 15 at the bottom of their division, and they lose today. All right, 17 percent chance of making the playoffs. Meanwhile, Denver, their their loss last Sunday to the Bengals. Dropped their playoff chances to 8%, but they believe they've got a winnable game Sunday against the Raiders. Teddy Bridgewater's got a concussion, though. You've got Drew Locke. So there you have it. Uh, It's going to get very crowded. Musical chairs, a lot of questions will be answered week 16. In the NFC, the Packers have clinched. They were the first team to clinch. Right now the Cowboys are at about 99% to make the playoffs. The Bucs, 99%. The Cardinals were 95%. They lost today. They would have to have an epic collapse they're going to even if they lost the rest of their games they finished 10 and 7 that's probably going to be good enough to sneak into the playoffs. Rams are in about 95%, 49ers 83%, but they have got to keep winning. That didn't help Thursday night losing uh to the uh to the uh, Tennessee Titans when he had a 10 nothing lead. All right, musical chairs. It's going to get very crowded for the final spots. Philadelphia, they had to wait two extra days, but the Eagles capitalized on a game against a very undermanned opponent once again to keep their foot in the playoff door. Had they lost, to the Eagles lost to the Giants, their FPI would have been 8%, but now they stand at 33%, and uh, they head into a very winnable game with the Giants uh, later today. Saints, I mentioned, their Monday night, uh, They're 7-7. Seven and seven. Their upset win over the Buccaneers temporarily gave them a stay of execution, uh, but they fell back, actually, Monday night after the Vikings beat the Bears. Regardless, it's a huge victory for the Saints and it would help them actually in, a, in several tiebreakers, tie excuse me, including division and conference record. But it's worth noting that the Saints don't have another game scheduled against a team that currently has a winning record. So believe it or not, FPI gives them a 47 percent chance of making the playoffs. But you've got a pesky Dolphins team up up next, and again, we'll break about 45 minutes to an hour. Break these games down in detail. And you've got to go with Ian Book at quarterback. And the Miami Dolphins have taken advantage of playing second-string quarterbacks all year. I'll give you the list a little bit later, and now you get Ian Book tomorrow. Uh, by the way, that game, when I get to the Fezzik Five, is one of Fezzik's best bets, but it has to do with the total, and I'll explain. Uh, you got a feeling, I got a feeling that game will be played very close to the best, the best. The Saints have an excellent defense, and Miami's not a juggernaut offensively. They're just very opportunistic. They have a pretty good defense as well. Finally, in the end, the two-day delay. I'm talking about the Washington football team. Their Tuesday night game against the Eagles was just not enough time for Washington to get enough guys off the scrap heap to, to you know replenish their depleted roster. Washington kept the game closer than many expected, but now they've got a very quick turnaround game. They're ten-point underdogs against the Cowboys. Basically the FPI playoff chances. They're down to 6%. So there you have it. Uh, it seems fairly predictable. You can start to see who's really going to be in the playoffs and who's not, barring something, I would say, crazy. But speaking of crazy, the college football playoff committee, I'm going to get to the Urban Meyer thing later later in the show because I want to go more in-depth on it, and I'll probably bring the crew in on it as well. But the college football playoff committee established their playoff COVID rules And they're fairly draconian. I hope to God there's not a forfeit. But there could not only be one forfeit, there could be three forfeits. You could see a national champion crown without even having to play a game. Believe it or not, I'm not making that up. I'll tell you what the college playoff committee decided and how it's going to work. But first, let's go to the man who's become so popular, he even made it into Ben Maller's Christmas songs. It's Brian Finney with the latest.
4: <laughs> Thank you so much, Bernie. You're doing your homework. So we had two NFL games on Christmas Day, and the Colts got the job done in the later game to finish up against the Cardinals 22-16. Indy quarterback Carson Owens, two touchdown tosses. Now, this was an Arizona team that started the season 7-0. and Since then, they have been 3-5, and and after this latest lost Arizona head coach in Cliff Kingsbury speaking the obvious.
3: We're looking at ourselves looking in the mirror and trying to figure out what we have to do because right now it's not good enough to be the team we know we can be.
4: And now for the third straight week Arizona had a chance to clinch a playoff spot and they failed to do so. The other game on Saturday was the Packers, as they are victorious against the Browns, 24-22. Baker Mayfield, four interceptions also in this game. Pack quarterback in Aaron Rodgers becoming Green Bay's all-time leader in touchdown passes, surpassing Brett Favre. In the NBA, we had the Jazz dominating the Mavericks and then hanging on late for a 120-116 to victory. Donovan Mitchell, 33 points. That was a game high. The Lakers nearly came back, but it fell just short to the net. At home, 122 to 115. The Lake Show were down by 23 early in the fourth quarter. They ended up tying it in the period, but could not hang on late. The Warriors showing who's boss in the association after taking down another Western Conference top dog in the Suns, 116 to 107. Steph Curry, 33 points. Also, Otto Porter with 19 points. He made some huge buckets in the latter parts of that game. Giannis Antetokounmpo coming off the COVID protocols, and did he dazzle in his return? 36 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists as he leads the Bucks to a victory over the Celtics, 117 to 113. We also have the Knicks ripping the Hawks, 101 to 87. That was the earliest of the five NBA games that took place on Christmas Day. With that, we send it back to a man who is living in city that Bernie I think in maybe a couple years they're going to have an NBA town in Las Vegas I wouldn't put it past the league we'll get it back to Bernie
3: Fratto in the city of Los wages well we're going to have a Super Bowl here in 2024 we're going to have a Pro Bowl here in about 60 days and by the way speaking of the Ben Maller show I'll be sitting in for the great Ben Maller Wednesday night 11 p.m pacific heading into Thursday and Thursday night 11 p.m pacific heading into Friday so mark your calendars plenty of hijinks uh, with that good group, the Maller Militia. All right. Uh, later on in the show, I'm going to talk about some real concerns I have about the NFL right now and the integrity of these games, and the fact that the ability to get their arms around COVID, even though 96% of the league is vaccinated, seems even slipperier than last year. And um, I'll talk about a couple things I heard. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that coming up in about about 10-15 minutes. But I want to switch gears because I'm very much looking forward to the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl on Friday, 12:30 Pacific. You've got Alabama teeing it up against the Cincinnati. Huge tip of the cap to Cincinnati for getting into the playoffs. We've got some playoffs, I think, a little more interesting this year. We've got a first-year team in Cincinnati, well-deserving. I thought that you could have made a case for them last year, 13-and-a-half-point underdog. And then Michigan, Michigan, their first trip to the uh, – Playoffs, and they have the distinction of being the first team ever in this current playoff iteration who began the year unranked, and now they have a chance to win a national championship. But you know, not so fast, um, because there's always there's always a chance that COVID could rear its ugly head. And last Wednesday, the College Football Management Committee let me try that again in English: the College Football Playoff management committee not the college football management committee there's no such thing the college football playoff management committee announced what they deemed updated procedures that would govern potential issues caused by covid19 now these policies in their words they provide quote guidance in the event that one or more playoff teams can't play due to an insufficient number of players hey it tell it happened to texas a&m They fell below 40 scholarship players. They had to beg off, and Rutgers jumped in. They'll play uh, against uh, Wake Forest in their bowl game. So here are the policies. Quote, in the event one or more playoff teams can't play due to an insufficient number of players, in either the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl, this is their language. If one team is unavailable to play, the unavailable team shall forfeit the game and its opponent would advance to the national championship game. That would be horrible. In the playoff semifinals, if both teams are unavailable to play in one semifinal, let's say, God forbid, neither team could play in the Michigan-Alabama game. Well, the the, the, the semif- that semifinal game would be, quote, declared no contest, and the team winning the other semifinal game would be declared the college football national champion. That would mean that the Michigan-Georgia game would effectively be for the national championship. This is a hypothetical. I'm merely laying this out and spelling this out succinctly so you can get the picture of what I'm trying to explain here. This is a hypothetical. Now, in the playoff semifinals, Cotton and Orange Bowl, if three teams are un- available to play, the semifinal game in which two teams are unable to play would be cleared into uh, no contest, and then the other semifinal game the team unable to play shall forfeit the game and its opponent would be declared the college football national champion. Now, on the college football national championship game, you get to that game, if the team's unavailability is determined after the playoff semifinals have been conducted, the national championship game, Indianapolis may be rescheduled no later than Friday, January 14th. So there's a little semblance of relief there. The game scheduled to be played July uh, January 10th. In other words, it's say Alabama and Georgia both advance for purposes of this, of this conversation. But one team can't go that Monday. They're willing to reschedule the game as late as Friday, January 14th, but not later than the 14th. And if one team is able to play and the other is not, the game cannot be rescheduled or is rescheduled and cannot be played. Can you imagine if they reschedule it to January 14th and it can't be played then the team unable to play shall forfeit the game and the other team shall be declared college football playoff national champion. Now, what happens if you get to that January 14th and neither team is able to play on either an original or rescheduled date? Then the game should be declared no contest and the college football national championship shall be vacated for the season. And if you follow that, you're better than me. But the director, Bill Hancock, with a serious face, said, quote, as we prepare for the playoff, it's wise and necessary to put in place additional precautions to protect those who will play and coach the games. Quote, these policies will better protect our students and staff while providing clarity, definitely providing clarity, in the event worst-case scenarios result. Now, last I heard, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator for Alabama, think he's in COVID protocol. Anyway. But I also understand the entire Alabama team this past week, last Monday, I think, all got the booster shot. So keep your fingers crossed, folks. New Year's Day, Alabama is set to take on Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl, and Michigan will face Georgia in the Orange Bowl later that same day, 430 Pacific, and then fingers crossed, everything goes okay, and uh, then it would be uh, a week from the following Monday, January 10th, we get the championship game. Now, the four teams have the option to arrive at the bowl site No later, or check that, no earlier than two days before the game rather than the customary five days. I don't know what you do there. You try to thread the needle, you outsmart I don't know what you do there. Meanwhile, uh, they're so serious they are. Media access to the players and coaches is going to be virtual this year. Look, we realize that no one wants to be in this position, but Bill Hancock, his final statement says, but, quote, the only responsible thing, is to take whatever actions we can reasonably take to protect those who play and coach in the game. Now, I don't mean to sound snarky when I'm sharing all this with you. It just speaks to what I would consider to be a very sad commentary on where we are right now. And I'm not blaming anybody. I'm certainly not casting aspersions. Or, you know, hindsight is 2020 I'm merely saying rather than focus on what should be two great semifinal games, we've now got to worry, literally worry about what might happen. You think I'm kidding? The NFL, they pause their season, or check that, the NHL pause their season till next Tuesday? They keep delaying it. Right now the NBA has over hundred players in COVID protocol. And we've talked about the MASH unit. We'll continue to when you break out the NFL games, how many players are missing in key games tomorrow or later today, week sixteen uh, the NFL and it speaks to what I would consider to be a great concern on the integrity of the playoffs going forward. And I will speak to that in a minute. And I'll also close down the show by sharing with you the two games the pros wasted no time in firing on in NFL Week 16. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Outta Vegas. Straight
1: out of Vegas.
0: Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids. Spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay.
1: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports.
0: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: From BBC Radio 4,
1: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh, my God. We've summoned something
4: from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC
3: podcasts, if you dare. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley on the updates, and Bull Benson. And, of course, they'll be with me all the way through until 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, as we get you ready for NFL Week 16, among other things. All right. I mentioned earlier in the show uh, I would share with you a couple of games the pros wasted no time firing on and I mean earlier in the week uh, you can you, you could have started betting week 16 games uh, Wednesday of last week and I'm talking about that would have been uh, Wednesday December 15th so lines fluctuate but one of the games the pros got on uh, they, they got on the Bills plus two against the Patriots uh, I'm not so sure. I agree. I haven't done anything on this game, but Bill Belichick is 41-17 and 17 against the number when he's coming off a loss. And you saw what the Bills had trouble with, you know, against the Patriots in that run game in Buffalo three weeks ago. Yeah, bad conditions. But the Bills couldn't run the ball. They couldn't stop the run. And there were many times where the Bills put seven, eight men in the box and the Patriots still ran wild on them. However... Look, defensively, the two teams are fairly compatible. Uh, the Bills are number two in EPA per play and the Patriots number three. However, I think what the pros feel tomorrow or later today is that the Bills offensively have the edge and then they, and that the, they have Josh Allen at quarterback, right? Historically, the market has always undervalued Josh Allen in spots like these. In the regular season, he's 17-8 and eight against the spread, on the road and 15 and seven against the spread as an underdog on the road or as an underdog period as a road dog he's nine and three against the spread those are pretty gaudy numbers and he's outperformed the spread by a margin of 6.3 points as a road dog those are real numbers so uh they got the bills plus two we'll see what happens the other game The Cowboys laying 10. They're not only laying 10, they're laying 10 on the road at the Washington football team. It is the Sunday night game. And look, Dak Prescott has what I consider to be an interesting dichotomy that's broken onto one split. Against his NFC rivals, he comes up big. Uh, Dak Prescott is really overachieved against his NFC rivals, against non-divisional opponents you could say that Prescott's been somewhat mediocre. Well, they are playing a divisional rival tomorrow. In the division, Dak Prescott is 21-8 against the spread, but outside the division, he's 25-29 against the number. That's a big difference. On average, the Cowboys with Prescott have outperformed the spread by a margin of plus five points against the NFC East. They haven't just beaten their division, they've frankly dominated their division. Now, the Washington football team completely beleaguered with COVID-19 issues. They're also playing on short rest after a rescheduled Week 15 game that was moved from Sunday to Tuesday. And frankly, they're facing the number one defense in EPA play. But anyway, you slice it, 10 points, in my humble opinion, is a lot to lay against the divisional opponent, especially on the road. The question will be is how many able bodies does the Washington football team have? And the Cowboys, you know you're going to get max effort. They're still in the running for the number one seed in the NFC. I can see, you know, I haven't done it. I haven't fired on either side. A 10 might be a number you can live with, but if it goes any higher than that, and it is 10 and a half at some sports books, it just depends where you shop. Uh, I don't think I'd bet it past 10. So... There you have it. The Bills plus two and the Cowboys minus 10 for this Sunday week 16 games of pros have jumped on. I mentioned earlier that I'm concerned. I'm genuinely concerned now about the integrity of these games in the NFL with the COVID situation, and even more so projecting ahead. I don't want to hold mental pictures of what I don't want to see happen, but God forbid you get to a playoff game and you have a top-flight quarterback like a Brady or Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes, of, of that nature, and they test positive for COVID in a playoff game. Look, I hope it doesn't happen, uh, but it just, this just won't end. Tim Boyle is starting for Jared Goff. We didn't know that till 36 hours ago. Josh Johnson is now starting in Baltimore. Forget Lamar Jackson. You go past Tyler Huntry, Huntley, who's looked very good. Now you're down to Josh Johnson in a really pivotal game in Cincinnati. Ian Book at home for the Saints against the visiting Miami Dolphins. This isn't funny anymore. Uh, What are you going to, you know, what is the NFL going to do? I actually heard that there was talks that there was a consideration that the Tuesday night games, either one or both, could have, in theory, been canceled if they couldn't feel enough able bodies. And had they been canceled and forfeits would have occurred, um, the players wouldn't have been paid. This is what I heard. And what's even crazier is that the CBA, the Players of the Union, agreed to this agreement, Department of Redundancy Department. Now, again, it was by a very narrow margin voting 48, 49% of the union voted against this agreement. But if you want to see this thing spin out of control, then, you know, COVID seems to have a stranglehold on the NFL. And I'm starting to get very concerned. Let's see what happens. Let's think good thoughts. Coming up, we're going to continue on with Fox Sports Sunday. We've got a lot to get to over the next three hours, including taking you all the way around NFL Week 16. Keep it locked right here. This is Bernie Fratto, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday.
1: Right out of Vegas!
0: Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels.
1: We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns. And get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com.